Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The FT. As the Eurozone debt crisis continues, which are the safest banks for your money? Could your pension contributions result in a nasty tax bill? We explain how you could be affected and how to beat the VAT rise and grab yourself a post-Christmas bargain. All this to come on this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my award-winning colleague from FT Money, Tanya Poli. Hello. And not one, but two special studio guests. Deborah Cooper, partner at Consultants Mercer. Hello. And Audrey Fearing, partner at Ernst & Young. Hello. So let's start with the money news. This week, the Eurozone debt crisis continued as the Irish government's four-year deficit reduction plan failed to stop its bonds being downgraded and the euro slipping further against the dollar. Bond investors now fear that the crisis could spread to Portugal and Spain, whose bonds have also fallen due to concerns over funding requirements. This has resulted in depositors withdrawing cash from state-guaranteed banks in Ireland and calling into question the safety of other European banks. So, for wealthy savers who spread their cash around European banks in search of better interest rates, the question is now whether to transfer to safer institutions. Tanya, I know that this has been occupying the minds of those wealth managers who offer cash management services. What have they been telling you? That's right. Um, I've been speaking to a few um, sort of different wealth management groups um, this week, and um, there's one wealth manager, Jonathan Fryer, which actually has this kind of um, it's called dynamic cash management service, and it basically operates for these high net worth individuals who have like significant amounts of cash to deposit. And um, this service actually is based on the fact that you know there is this kind of increasing risk now in terms of where you deposit your cash. I mean, we've seen this since 2008, where obviously we had the run of Northern Rock, and institutions which you thought were actually very, very safe aren't so much anymore. And obviously we've had um, the Greece crisis, we've had Ireland recently. So, I mean, people are saying actually, I mean, Rathbones have reported uh, loads of clients actually phoning them up over the last few weeks and saying, is it safe for me to have my deposits in this, um, with these banks? Like, should I be worried? Should I be moving around? And then wealth managers say that it has been this ongoing conversation since 2008, you know, you need to consider wh- what institution you're depositing down with. Like something that people didn't really have to consider before. You never really used to think about where you deposit your savings. You felt that was relatively safe. But now, actually, you need to think about the diversification, like as you would do with any investment, equity-based investment, property. Um, I think that's what's really coming clear right now. And in terms of uh, the last few weeks and the concerns that have been expressed about Irish banks, also certain uh, other European countries. Um, 
have there, have there been any changes made by these sort of cash management services in terms of those banks that they are putting clients' money into? Well, interestingly, um, Jonathan Fry, one of the wealth managers I spoke to, they said they've actually um, removed money from the post office account, even though the post office actually is a um, subsidiary of the Bank of Ireland and it has um, the kind of compensation from um, youth financial services compensation scheme up to 50,000. Because it's, yes, it's Bank of Ireland UK. It's UK, which operates yeah, the office, yeah, of course. Which, so actually, in terms of that, it's, it's relatively safe, but I think they feel that in terms of the media coverage everything is getting, they just feel for that extra safety for their clients. Their clients probably don't feel quite comfortable. And even post office at the moment is actually offering one of the best rates on the market. So they're saying it's not about the rates these days. They're just concerned about the whole financial stability of different companies. And so they've made that movement recently to actually remove um, some of their clients' money from, from the post office. And looking back at some of the sort of best buy tables for um, cash on deposit in recent times, um, some of the sort of European banks have, have been in those, mm-hmm. uh, those sort of top top ten tables. Mm-hmm. Um, have any of those uh, been taken off the lists of sort of approved accounts? Well, in terms of um, the European banks, I mean, Bank of Cyprus has been one that Jonathan Rice, that's their kind of... Um, continue to monitor at the moment. So they have this kind of risk rating where it's between 0 and 60. Um, 60 obviously being extremely safe. Um, and they tend to only let clients um, go into accounts that they, they rate between 20 and 60. So they've actually, over the last few months, put Bank of Cyprus um, under 20. So they now exclude them off the list and wouldn't use them, even if they had a very, very attractive rate and offer. Um, and that's because of their kind of exposure to the, the, the Greek market. So they're kind of feeling like it's best for the meantime to kind of, you know, sort of back off but it's essential to like say that they do monitor on a daily basis and it's not just to do with like what the ratings agencies say they're actually doing it kind of like they're looking at the um what media are saying kind of other stuff that they're kind of monitoring and they feel that they need to be able to move quicker than necessarily some of the ratings agencies might do in terms of actually what they rate the banks and stuff so they feel that they're kind of doing that extra safety element for these high net worth investors who just kind of want that due diligence being done also talk about european banks and other banks we have seen over the last year this advent of kind of loads of these um, internet banks um, which have these kind of foreign um, parent companies. And it's, they actually say it's very difficult to sometimes realise where this internet bank, um, the parent, who the parent company is. So they're kind of doing that due diligence on your behalf. They're kind of actually working out who that parent company is, how strong that parent company is, because, you know, that's ultimately where, where the risk lies. So it's all about the, the strength of the institution, not necessarily the interest rate. Thanks very much for that, uh, Tanya. And for details of uh, those banks and accounts that are preferred by wealth managers offering cash management services, look out for Tanya's article in the money section of this weekend's FT and on our website at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, can you beat the VAT rise by ordering now and paying later? We find out. First, though, pensions and tax. This week, FD Money learned that tens of thousands of high earners could face extra tax bills next year due to a glitch in the way their pension schemes work. From next April, the amount that can be invested in a pension with tax relief will be cut to £50,000 a year. Currently, though, anyone who has made regular contributions in the past can pay 255000 into a pension this tax year with tax relief. It now emerges that many are at risk of being caught out by the rule change. If their pension schemes do not date contributions in line with the tax year, they could find their higher contributions this year become subject to the new lower limit, making them liable for tax on any excess. 
is because many schemes have pension input periods that are out of sync with the 6th April to 5th April tax year. Some have input periods from 7th April to 6th April, and an overlap of just one day could see them breach the new lower limit. Deborah, this is something that you at Mercer have been looking at very closely. Um, how many people you know, potentially could be affected by it? We, we think the majority of schemes are likely to be in a situation where they have members where their pension input period has defaulted to this 7th of April to 6th of April date. And so, as you said, tens of thousands of members could be affected unexpectedly because the limit has been reduced from 250 to 50,000, so it's a huge reduction, um, unless the, they themselves or the administrator does something about it. Now, I'm guessing that lots of people don't actually know what their pension input period is. I don't know what, what mine is. I just assumed it would be the tax year. Yes, and I, I think most people assume that the period over which they're going to be taxed is, in fact, the, the tax year. But um, because schemes are run in, in particular ways, it was largely for the convenience of, of, of trustees or occupational schemes. In fact, HMRC decided when they first introduced the annual allowance that trustees could nominate a pension input period over which pensions tax would be assessed um, for, for their own convenience, largely, because scheme years are run on, on, on different dates. But in order for the nomination to be effective, they have to notify members, and not just the members at the point when the notification, when the change ma was made, but also any new members that have joined the scheme. Now, a lot of trustees won't have gone to those lengths because with the allowance at £255,000, they'll have thought it wasn't really an issue for many members, but now it's being dropped to £50,000. It becomes an issue for a lot more members, and if they haven't been notified of a pension input period, their pension input period is the default, which is this inconvenient 7th of April to 6th of April date. And for those um, you know, higher earners who have been looking to you know, make some fairly hefty uh, pension contributions uh, up until now, uh, it's going to be very easy to get caught out by this, isn't it? Even if there's just this one day overlap. Yes, if, if there's just the, if, if you're in the default, so you have just this one day overlap, then then you will be taxed in the 2011 ten year in respect of contributions that you've made effectively in the 2010-11 tax year. So you have to be very careful to 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 speak to your scheme administrator and find out exactly what your what what your pension input period is and whether or not you need to do something to see if it can be changed. We understand, although it hasn't been publicly announced yet. Um, that HMRC is, is, is aware that there is an issue and where people are using a default uh, pension input period, there might be the opportunity to change it so that you aren't inadvertently caught by tax. But there will be members who have been notified of their pension input period and we think in those circumstances the period won't be able to get changed and even they could be hit. So, so it is quite important for anybody who thinks they might be affected to get in touch with their scheme administrator and find out what they can do about it. And uh, is there a possibility that people could get in touch with their administrator, discover that they have a pension input period that does straddle the tax year, potentially putting them at risk of uh, uh, a tax bill, but get it changed? If what we understand is, and, and HMRC is yet to announce exactly what uh, how, how this will work, but what we understand is that if you've you have a default pension input period 
um, so there hasn't been an effective nomination of a period, then you might be able to change it. But but we understand that if your pension input period has been notified to you, then we expect you'll have to live with that, even though it could inadvertently mean that accrual, pension accrual that's largely taken place during the 10-11 tax year forced to be taxed in the 11-12 tax year. So you'll have to live with an additional tax bill, potentially. Um, Deborah, thank you very much indeed for <laughs> explaining this particular uh, glitch and uh, for further details uh, of the problem and how you could be affected, um, you can read Alice Ross's news story in the money section of this weekend's FT and on our website at ft.com forward slash money. And finally today, VAT. From January the 4th, VAT for standard rated goods and services will rise from 17.5% to 20%. New anti-avoidance rules introduced in the budget will make it harder to beat the rise on some expensive goods or services. But the rules still offer some scope for consumers to lock in at the lower rate. That's because the new higher rate only applies if the goods or services you buy are delivered or provided after January the 4th. So, Audrey, I know that you are the sort of expert of uh, uh, all things VAT. How can we save uh, just a, you know a few percentage points um, by buying cannily? Um, well, I suppose if we look at a number of items, that might give you some some feel for what we can do. If we take cars, for example, um, in relation to those, if you were to either pay up front for a car um, in full before the rise comes into effect in January, then you would lock in at the lower rate, even if the car is delivered to you sometime after. And the reason because of that is because we have very specialist rules for when you have to account for VAT. So if you have excess cash and you are intending to buy a car in the new year, then what you can actually do is pay in advance in relation to that vehicle. Um, I know that a lot of us, you know, we may feel that we might not want to release all of the cash in one go, but we may plan to pay a deposit and order a car. If we do that, then at least the deposit, if we pay it before the 4th of January, can be taxed at the lower rate, and then the balance would obviously be taxed at the full 20%. If, however, the car dealership in that example were prepared to raise um, a tax invoice, um, so what they might do is they might say, you know, new car purchase, £45,000, inclusive of VAT, deposit paid £2,000. If they raise the tax invoice on the day that you pay your deposit and show the total amount of VAT that will be due, it will actually lock in the full value. So you can save VAT you on the whole indeed. amount? You can indeed. Obviously, there is a downside to the car dealership because they'll have to account for VAT today, even though you've not made the full payment. But I'm sure there are certain car salespeople who could be persuaded of uh, of that in these uh, straightened times. Um, what about um, you know, sort of going to shop for the must-have items? Uh, let's say that you know you, uh, for example, if Apple were to announce a brand new iPad, which mm-hmm. is going to come out in say I don't know late January February yep. time and you wanted to try and avoid the VAT on that. Is there a way of doing it? Well, there is, because once again, you can prepay. So, you know, a lot of online stores, um, a lot of retailers in the high street will accept prepayments and advance orders, um, you know, for things that are coming out in in the coming months. Um, So essentially, if you pay in full before the rate rise, 
so you pay before the 3rd of January, um, then you can actually lock in the price of that product before. Um, the key thing is, is that you've made your payment, you know, before the rate is due to go up. And what about um, services that are provided? I, I, I'm, I'm quite pleased that I've, I've got to pay um, a solicitor's bill on, a, on house conveyancing, and it's going to be at the lower rate um, because we're completing uh, before the end of the year. Um, are there ways to, to save in, in these areas too? Yes, there are. There are. I mean, in, simply what you've got to do is you've got to determine, you know, when is the service supplied? So some it's really clear. You know, if, if somebody, for example, your solicitor is maybe drafting up a will or is conveyancing a property and they finish their service before the rate rise, so say they complete on the 3rd of January, then they can actually supply those services to you at the reduced rate, at the 17.5%. Um, rate rather than charging your VAT at 20% when maybe they raise their invoice, you know, three, four weeks later. Because what they can actually show is, well, the services were all performed before the rate changed. If, however, you look at services that maybe span the change in rate, um, so a good example of that might be um, construction services, you know, building works that you're having on your home. Um, what you can actually do is you can ask um, your your builder to, if you like, time a portion their invoice. So it might be that he invoices you, you know, on a quarterly or a monthly basis, some on a weekly basis. But basically, what you can say to him is, well, for all of the works that you've carried up to the third of December, I would like you to invoice me and charge me VAT at 17.5% because clearly they've been performed before that date. Any services performed after that date would be taxed at 20%. Once again, though, you have the opportunity to prepay you know, so if you feel that um, you know that you that you feel that your builder is trustworthy and that he's going to be here after the rate change, then you could prepay for those services. Once again, creating the time and the tax point for when the tax has to be accounted for, and therefore you know buy in all of those services at seventeen half percent. Yes, it's almost making me think perhaps I should pay a plumber now in case my pipes burst on the 5th of January. <laughs> but I'm sure that wouldn't work. <laughs> Thanks very much for that, Audrey. And for more on how to beat the VAT rise, look out for Joe Cumbo's Q&A on the tax rise and the rules in the money section of this weekend's FT. But that's all for this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you will find weekday news updates and all of these stories on our website, ft.com forward slash money. And if you have a question that you'd like us to answer about any aspect of your finances, just email us. The address is money at ft.com. Next week, we'll bring you another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Tanya and our special guests, Deborah Cooper of Mercer's and Audrey Fearing of Ernst & Young. Goodbye. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.